Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. This is Koinonia. This is Community. I am Tom Brown, your host today, Vocab Alone. Welcome to Koinonia Radio. My name is Vocab Alone. You are listening to the best show on radio ever, except for when Tom Brown does his own show. <laughs> when I'm filling in, it's the best show on radio. But when Tom Brown's doing his show, Koinonia, it's the name of the show, everybody. Then it's that's the best because you know it's a, it's the original. You got to go with the classic, kind of like Coke Classic. You guys remember when they changed over Coke Classic and they tried to make it new? Did not work. Nobody liked it. This happened in the '80s. In case you're a millennial and you're listening, uh, no one liked it. So that's why Coke ended up being Coke Classic because they went back to the old formula. I saw this sitcom where the dad stockpiled tons and tons of the original Coke when they switched over, and he had this whole whole pantry full of the original Coke. This is a sitcom based in the 80s because he did not like change. But uh, that's not today's topic. Today's topic is something even wilder than 80s soft drink manufacturer marketing changes. Today's topic is theological libraries. That's right. A scintillating con... (laughs) A scintillating topic indeed, if there ever was one. But listen, in all seriousness... This is called koinonia. The idea is fellowship with God, fellowship with our fellow Christians. And on Faith Talk 1360, the idea is we connect faith and life. We're going to show you how to do that in a new way today when we talk about libraries and specifically how to make use of a theological library. To do that, I have the world's best librarian with me, Doug Obert. Doug Obert. Welcome to Quinnia Radio, Brother Doug. I am so happy to be here, John Mark. All right. Well, see, he's calling me John Mark, but on the air, you've got to call me Vocab. Okay, Vocab. All right. See, he knows me by my student name because I have been a student at Phoenix Seminary, and I would hang out in the library a lot because even though you guys think I'm super cool on the radio, I'm actually a big nerd. Only nerds hang out in the library, everybody. And so I'm joined by a, 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 the kind of like the head nerd in charge today, Doug Olbert. What do you do at the Phoenix Seminary Library, Doug Olbert? I'm the director for library services there at the seminary library. What does that mean? Well, um, I've been doing this job for 22 years, mm-hmm. and it means developing collections for our students to access, uh, the faculty, uh, faith community patrons, anybody you can think of that really is interested in the scriptures. We develop the library with those resources that will help them understand the truth better. How did you get such a wonderful job? What's your background that qualifies you? Oh my gosh. Well, I go back uh, a long ways. I spent 22, 20 years in the United States Air Force. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I retired in uh, 1994, then my wife and I and my family, we came out to uh, Phoenix. And I was just looking to go back uh, and get some additional biblical training. I had been at a Bible Institute for just a, a couple of years, but now I was really interested in getting some kind of extra training. So uh, uh, the training that I got um, was uh, started the uh, seminary program in uh, 1995, and then it went all the way through 2000 when I graduated. And during that time, uh, I was uh, actually learning how to develop a library, right. and, and that's was that was the job. Tell us about the kind of degree a librarian needs to get. 
Well, my kind of degree, you, you need experience in management. And okay. so that, that I learned that in the military. Right. Okay. Other experience you need is, do you need to get a master's in library science? So there is a such thing as library science, or you're a scientist of sorts. <laughs> well, the, the science part is, is in organization. All right. Okay. And it doesn't matter what you're organizing. It could be websites. It could be uh, digital books. It could be physical books. Uh, it could be rare books. Uh, all those things need organization. And all those things are accessible at Phoenix Seminary. Today, on Koinonia, myself, Vocab Alone, I'm talking to the librarian with the plan, Doug Olbert. And when we come back, he's not just going to talk about the Phoenix Seminary Library. He's going to talk about how you can use a theological library. So this is a great show, especially for my Phoenix-based listeners, but there will also be some great tidbits for you guys all throughout the U.S. The Shonda Pierce Happily Laughter After Tour with special guest Karen Williams is this Thursday at Highlands Church. You can still get tickets, reserve seating available. Go to faithtalk1360.com. That's faithtalk1360.com. Again, Shonda Pierce this Thursday night at Highlands Church in North Scottsdale. This is Quinnadia. This is Community. I am Tom Brown, and your host today, none other than Vocab Alone. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Koinonia Radio on Faith Talk 1360. The call letters are KPXQ. Did you know we have an app? If you have what they call a smartphone, just go in that iTunes store or that Google Android store, whatever it is for that, and just put in there Faith Talk 1360, you'll find an app, and then you can listen to any show on the go, wherever you want, that we're doing. And you want to especially make sure that you listen every Tuesday to Koinonia, because that's when Vocab Malone is on. That's me, guest host today on Koinonia Radio, and I am talking to a librarian. He does not have a top knot, no bun. Main reason is because he has no hair. He does not have giant Coke bottle glasses, but he does have specs. So uh, any any other stereotypes you'd like to share? You're, you're not wearing a librarian's dress. No, not wearing a librarian's dress. Just a Phoenix Seminary shirt. Yeah. But during the break, you know what he told me? He told me the way he got the job is came down between him and three other candidates. And they brought them all in a, in a room, a sound padded room. And they said, okay, here's the final thing. Who can do this the best. And he said, do what the best? And then the president of the seminary went, shh. And whoever could do the shh the best and say, shh, quiet, won the position. Is that how you got it, Doug? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, we don't major in shushing at Phoenix Seminary kidding. Library, okay? No, but in all seriousness, how did you come to this position? It's a pretty interesting story to serve as the head of the library there at Phoenix Seminary. How did that happen? Uh, it's a God thing. Really is a God thing. Uh, after retiring, my wife and I looked for a good church. We landed at Northridge Community Church. Landed. That's his Air Force background coming in. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And uh, we were in the first day of our our Sunday school class, and the uh, head leader there was uh, Bill Yarger. Mm-hmm. He and his wife Gwen were uh, leaders of that uh, of that Sunday school class, and. Uh, We were asked the question, what are you going to do after your retirement? I hadn't officially retired Mm -hmm. at that time. And I said, I'm going to go to Bible college. I really want to uh, Mm -hmm. expand my knowledge of the Bible. And he says, have you been to, uh, do you have an undergraduate degree? Mm 
And I said, yes. Do you have a graduate degree? I said, yes. She says, why are you going back to an undergraduate institution? Mm-hmm. I said, well, because that's the only place I can use my GI benefits. And so he says, well, you know what? You ever thought of going to a seminary? I said, yeah, but, you know, you're not accredited. He says, come see me on Monday morning, and we'll make an arrangement, and I'll, I'll talk to, to you about what you can do to get credit here at the seminary. Nice. And so uh, the rest is history, John. So now you became a librarian, not just a graduate. Yeah, but I was an unqualified librarian. I, was, I was, had to go around and interview librarians uh, around the state, Christian librarians, uh, and they, they began to teach me and mentor me in library science without me knowing how to do it. My memories of libraries were not healthy growing right, up right you know i mean you know you get your knuckles slapped if you're too loud and really yeah you come to our library and you know who the noisiest person in the library is mitch uh it's me i don't know i was gonna say mitch jeff you go to the library we got a silent guest in studio who do you think's louder in that library mitch the librarian or doug the librarian i'm usually there when mitch is there so but okay we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll say it's you and that's probably better for mitch's career so you're the noisiest guy <laughs> No, he's this guy. We, but we got a yak meter there, you know, to control our uh, loudness. All right. Well, then don't invite Jeff in too much. <laughs> all right. Uh, but in all seriousness, okay, so let's get into this. You're director of library science at Phoenix Seminary. What do you like about it? So what's good about this what's job? What's exciting about this job? You know, a lot of students that come to the seminary, mm-hmm. they, uh, they just they're, they have this fear Mm-hmm. that uh, I, I've been out of school for so long, and, and how am I ever going to understand how to do research? Mm-hmm. You know, how am I going to understand to write a paper and format it properly? And they talk about citations and bibliography. I don't know anything about that. But when we tell them, we're going to show them, we're going to mentor mm-hmm. them, we're going to help them, we want to be part of their success team, boy, their eyes light up and they go, wow, you know? Another thing I like about um, the library is over the years, you know, that library didn't invent itself. Right. You know, I mean, there was so many wonderful contributions from volunteers uh, over the year trying to take, you know, the index card type of circulation method to the, the online catalog type of circulation method. Right. And so, I mean, there was a lot of changes that had to happen. And so it's those volunteers that mm-hmm. got in there and, 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 and began downloading the things we needed on computer mm-hmm. and uh, uh, coming in and stamping and processing and labeling our books. Uh, and not only that, people that donate resources like money and books mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, uh, that's a whole thing is a God thing. And uh, without them, without our volunteers, without the faithfulness of, of the staff and the encouragement of the students, you know, we would never be here. Some people may know the name Wayne Grudem. He's a professor there, teaches systematic theology. I was blessed to have a number of classes with him. A lot of times I go in there and I'll see books that he donated to That's the library. Absolutely. We get the first pick, you know, because right. he gets sent so many mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. They want people to say, hey, this is a great book, you know, would you write a, a foreword to my book or whatever? But they remember him. They say, thank you for your input in my life. I'm donating this book to you. He doesn't have a lot of time to read all those books mm-hmm. because of the research that he does. And so guess where it goes? 
Phoenix Seminary Library. Phoenix Seminary Library, right on. So, uh, And you guys also got the a lot of the library materials from the old Arizona College of the Bible, right? Now, n- not everyone knows about this, but Arizona College of the Bible was a staple here in Arizona for a number of years. Was it on, uh, was it, was it on McDowell? I think McDowell on 47th or something like that. Uh, Maryland. They were Maryland. off of Maryland. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, you guys got a lot of that when that closed. How did that work? Oh, that's another God thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, At one time, they were going to be going out of business, okay? Okay. And so, you know, I mean, it was a financial thing Mm -hmm. that they had no control over. So they said, hey, how would you like to buy our collection? Mm -hmm. And so uh, they offered it to uh, Bill Yarger, and they said, well, how about $2 a book? Mm -hmm. And so we uh, gave him a check for $70,000. Well... The thing is, when they closed up their operation, you know, it was a nonprofit, right? Mm-hmm. Nonprofits don't make profit, right? They made a huge profit. Okay. And guess what they did? They Doing gave us back. back our check. Oh, wow. That's amazing. They gave wow. us back our check. Praise the Lord. That's pretty amazing. Oh, yes. Yeah, so sometimes you'll see, if you're in the Phoenix Seminary Library, stamped on there, what's the title of the library they had there? Arizona College of the Bible. But I thought it had some name like Ogle or something like that. No? Yes, there's there was have been different transitions okay. in that yeah. in that library, and the Old Rogi collection uh, was way back. Okay, so there is some history there, and this is not on our interview questions. But speaking of history and kind of old stuff, you guys also have a small collection of old school books. Those are kind of locked away. Right, but there is a collection of like the 1800s. We call that our rare book collection. Yeah. And, uh, you know, every one of those books, and there are many of them, are well over 100, maybe 200 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also a uh, 15, I think it's 82, uh, version of the Geneva Bible. Oh, wow. And the, what's so special about the Geneva Bible? You Pilgrims. Know, it, that's right. They carried a Geneva Bible with them across the Atlantic. What you carry in there, Pilgrim? Uh, <laughs> that's my Geneva Bible. <laughs> that's for sure. You know what was what's unique about the Geneva Bible? It was the first commentary right. Bible. Right. And the King James didn't like that. He right. wanted the, you know, the the uh, the people, the the priests or whatever. They were the only ones that could interpret it for the Church of England. And so when you had those little commentary there, oh, and they had referred to the king as not with not a good name. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> Maybe deservedly so. Well, you know, Geneva's in Switzerland, and the reason why it came out of Geneva is because John Calvin established a lot of stuff going on there, and they really influenced the Puritans and the Pilgrims. And here we are today talking about theological libraries. Amen. What are some of the resources that you have in the library that— uh, people could make use of and not just students we want to make sure we're going to emphasize at some point this is not just the students the whole point of this is to make you aware of a great resource right right in your backyard here in phoenix the, what are some of the resources for the faith community right okay and uh you know uh people can come and utilize the library uh for like 35 dollars a year that's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. That gives you access to everything in that collection. We have mm-hmm. over 4,000 reference items. Mm-hmm. And within that reference item, there's over 90 different commentary sets. And in the circulation collection, that's what you have access to. And you can cl- check things out for mm-hmm. a month at a time with one renewal. Mm-hmm. So you can have resources for two months at a time. Uh, really good uh, collection. Over 50,000 print books. 
uh, over 6,000 digital books. Mm-hmm. We have um, a resource library of tutorials to teach you how to go ahead and utilize the library, the online collections, uh, different links to different resources, audio, visual, musical, uh, tremendous number of resources. We have a collection of 150 approximately periodicals. And not only that, we have access to the American Theological Library Association uh, religion and serials. So they have uh, well over 300 full text uh, um, periodicals that you can access. So, for example, technical journals like the Journal for the Evangelical Theological Society, JETS, it's um, just a, a white kind of little paper book that has this basic cover with blueprint on it and it's a journal specific to the field of theological studies and what's so cool about it is now with the advent of the digital age you can go in there and look through specific journal articles by typing in keywords doug just recently kind of helped me learn how to do this and then if you have access to the library you can actually email some of the pdfs to yourself so you can read them of these journal articles it's a pretty amazing thing you can do So let's talk about some more amazing things that you can do at the Phoenix Seminary Library, as well as some of the other resources that are in this great theological collection. With Doug Obert, today's guest, he is the Director of Library Services at Phoenix Seminary. We're going to ask about some specific collections that are going to help you as a pastor, as a leader, as a person who teaches a Bible study, some specific resources that are going to help local leaders in the Phoenix metro area uh, deal with current hot topics and issues because we've developed some great collections there at Phoenix Seminary, and we'll give you some more information about how you can access that. It's right over there on basically, you know, 42nd Street, 44th Street in Thomas. And uh, don't go anywhere because this is a unique show on a unique topic. Vocab Malone, Quinity Radio, talking to Doug Obert. Libraries, baby. Good afternoon, beloved Tom Brown of Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I am Tom Brown. Your host for Koinonia is Vocab Malone. We'll return to him momentarily. Encounter Phoenix is a worship conference that has a heart to inspire and affirm worship teams in the Phoenix Valley. As worship leaders, your job is not to simply uh, bring the music, but also provide an atmosphere where people encounter the presence and power of God. If you love worship, whether as a leader or a participant, go online to Encounter Phoenix phx.org for more information and registration. That's encounterphx.org. You guys know our motto? It's connecting faith and life. That means the things that you believe as a Christian, we want to draw a bridge, as it were, to your daily life. And one key way to do that is by reading books. Nothing will ever take the place of the Bible. We're talking about theological resources, but the idea really ultimately is these are all resources to help you understand the Scriptures better because that's the Word of God. There's nothing that's a greater treasure. I mean, just read through the book of Psalms and stop right there in Psalm 119. You see that beautiful poem that's just dedicated to the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful beauty of God's Word. We got uh, uh, Doug Olber in studio. He's the Director of Library Sciences there at Phoenix Seminary. I'm talking to him. And I've also got Jeff Cran, 
Chosen People Ministries. He's kind of just hanging out in the cut, laying back, learning radio lingo, lingo and all that. Jeff, you don't have like Psalm 119. You don't have the uh, you don't have it memorized or anything like that, do you? No, not memorized. No. Do you have the Hebrew alphabet memorized? Yeah. You do? Can you give our listeners a taste? Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalad, Hey, Vav, Zion, Chet, Tet, Yud, Kof, Lamed, Mem, Nun. I just wanted to do that because the reason is I was talking about Psalm 119. And Psalm 119 is an acrostic where the author takes these different Hebrew characters from the Hebrew alphabet, which is 22 letters, correct? And then he makes a lot of the lines begin with the letters from the Hebrew alphabet. So there's a beautiful Hebraic poetic device going on that we don't always get to see in the English, but that's the level of artistry and excellence that the Word of God uh, attests to God's beautiful Word itself. It's just a, it's a great thing. So I wanted to draw that out because really that's what the day show is ultimately about. So if you're in Phoenix, you want to know God's Word better. First of all, it's a great idea to consider going to Phoenix Seminary. Second of all, you want to learn more about God's Word, you teach a Bible study, you're a pastor, whatever your position is, wherever God has you, you're a Sunday school teacher, old or young, doesn't matter. Phoenix Seminary is a great library collection for you. So, Doug, what are some of the specific resources or collections that you've developed there at Phoenix Seminary that might specifically help people, especially with what you might call hot-button issues? Can you share a little bit about that and why that's important to you as a librarian, Doug Olbert. Yeah, um, we, m- me personally, you know, I can go into and, and, and see the weak areas of the collection. And I really want to hit those culturally relevant areas that pastors and uh, Bible leaders are, are looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, um, for a while there, you know, global warming was a big thing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, climate change. And so we started beefing up the collection in the ecology area. Were all the books printed on acid-free, recyclable paper? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we, we make sure of that, you know, but not because of this topic. Right, right, right. But because they don't brown over time, and we don't like brown books, okay? But, uh, and I'm not being racial there, you know. We Ecology just, in the Bible, global stewardship, climate change, so books on that. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, that's right. Uh, during the time when, uh, you know, crossing the border and illegal immigration was big, you know, and it still is a big topic, but we need to have those resources so so pastors can, can talk intelligently about immigration. And how does the Bible feel about, you know, the stranger mm-hmm, coming mm-hmm. into your land? And it, and it kind of it's not so political then when you see right. how God thinks about immigration. Nice. And about how about politics in the Bible? You know, uh, Dr. Grudem, Wayne Grudem, he wrote a, a very large book uh, at the time of the last election mm-hmm. on politics in the Bible and, and our responsibility as believers, how do we support that process? So, so we need those books that discuss those those culturally relevant topics. How about war and terrorism? Mm-hmm. You know that's big today too. You know, and uh, and so what's our you know what's our obligation in that area as right. believers? Mm-hmm. And uh, of recent, um, because of an individual who who likes this topic of urban apologetics. Oh my gosh! Um, Drum roll. I went and asked this young man if he would 
vocab. I asked vocab if he would provide. That's me, us, everybody. If he would provide us a decent bibliography on urban apologetics, and boy, did he give us the bibliography. And so we've been buying it, those items faithfully so that we can understand different issues that are going on in the inner city. Right. So there's an Instagram account that I run called Urban Theologian on Instagram. It's U-R-B-A-N underscore theologian. And on that Instagram account, recently when I was in the Phoenix Seminary Library, I took some pictures of some of the recent books that you have acquired at the Phoenix Seminary Library. And they were right there on the shelf because since they're newer, they're being displayed. And I took some pictures of some of the books that deal with urban apologetics that you've recently got, which are great books. And I put them on my Instagram account so people can kind of see what they look like and, and have an idea because a lot of people in the area of urban apologetics and, and reviving the historical black church and issues like that issues dealing with city-type topics, a lot of people don't really have an, a, a, a bibliography established yet. So do you want to read uh, maybe a few specific titles, and then I'll jump in and I'll read a couple more that, that uh, we might recommend to people on, the, on those topics of urban apologetics? Because that's kind of a specialty, of course. So, Well, sure. The title that has that, uh, Urban Apologetics, is by Christopher Brooks. That's on Kriegel. came out, I think, 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Another title that's an edited work, Keep Your Head Up, and that was by Anthony Bradley, the, the editor. Mm -hmm. And then we've got another edited work by Anthony Carter called Glory Road. Mm -hmm. And finally, uh, another title that I wrote down was Reviving the Black Church. The Beatty Anwabwile. Thank, thank you for saying that. You I, that I just could not handle that, that name. And some of the other ones I think that I've seen in there, Black Man's Religion, Can Christianity Be Afrocentric by Craig Keener, How Black is the Gospel by an old school evangelical, Tom Skinner, Beyond Roots, that's specifically about black folks in the Bible, that's William Dwight McKissick, great little book, um, From Every People and Nation, J. Daniel Hayes, uh, one Human Family, The Bible, Science, Race, and Culture by Carl Weiland. I mean, there's, there's quite a few here I've got on a list, and you guys are great. Almost every book, I think we're talking between 15 and 30 that I said, here's one I recommend. You guys either had or got access to or said, well, we'll look and wait and see on it when it goes to a lower price. But it's, so, it's really cool to see. So I just want to tell people, this library has resources for the community and is continually developing them, so you want to come check it out. You may be surprised at what you find, and they're from all different perspectives. One thing that I appreciate is, yes, there's an evangelical love of the Bible, and uh, Phoenix Seminary is an evangelical institution. That means good news, gospel preaching, Bible-believing Christians, you know? Jesus Christ is the only way, John 14, 6 in the house and all that. However, I've noticed a very openness and willingness to have books by all types of perspectives. So when we're researching, we can hear what other people have to say. Comment on that, Doug, because one time you mentioned to me about wanting people to have, at least have heard a diversity of opinions. That's correct. And we are at uh, interdenominational mm -hmm, institution, mm -hmm. Phoenix Seminary. So we're all about four views. Right, right. You'll see a lot of those perspectives 
in the library because um, we don't want to spoon feed or force a theological position down somebody's throat. We want them to have the academic freedom to search in many different areas and understand different areas of truth. And uh, and so, um, you know, we just... Uh, we want our students to be able to support their theology by what the Scripture says, not just by books, too. So they've got to really be able to interpret the Scriptures properly through, through sound hermeneutics. And, uh, and so uh, that's what we're all about, a variety of resources. So those collections that you have that are special and those resources, how do you develop them at Phoenix Seminary? How do you go about doing that? Well— the primary way, you know, I'd love to say, hey, we want this, I want this, I want that, you know, but, and that's what they teach me at library school as a director. You're the one in charge of selecting resources. And I said, hmm, well, maybe at a public library, mm-hmm. this is a theological library and we have theologians as faculty. Right, right. You see? And so in their core discipline, I expect each faculty member to give me a bibliography, just like you did, of 20 to 25 key resources Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that will support their their teaching. Now, where do old books go to die? Because every time you get new collections in, you got a limited physical space. Where do the old books go? I've always wondered that because it always makes me sad a little bit. Every time there's a new book, an old book somewhere is homeless now. (laughs) No, they're never homeless. Never homeless. Never homeless because (laughs) what we have had at Phoenix Seminary Library is a ministry to the nations. Okay. All right? And uh, and those people that cry out for volumes, we— pack them up. We give them the best resources of, you know, those editions, those early editions, mm-hmm. you know, um, or even throw in a new Bible here and there, an ESV mm-hmm. study Bible. But nice. we'll pack up a nice collection. We already sent like 2,000 volumes to Mexico that was, was starting up a seminary there. Oh, wow. And uh, they wanted a, to start a THM program. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so we fired them off to those guys and you know, I mean, they had to trickle them across the border, you know, but they got there. And so, uh, so there's like guys smuggling systematic theologies under their shirts. Well, you know, <laughs> Do you have any contraband? No, I've got a sword. It's a sword of the Lord. Just kidding. It's done at Christmas time, so they let a lot of packages through at that time. Right, right. But we sent um, many, many hundreds of volumes over to uh, the Philippines, Manila, Philippines, mm-hmm. where my brother-in-law is a pastor, uh, not wow. a pastor, but a missionary with OC. That's pretty amazing. So Phoenix Seminary Library is engaged in church planting and partnering with local churches there and has a missiological aspect as well, too. That's right. We start uh, new libraries. We've started one in Tucson, you know, to help uh, uh, um, uh, Philomena Saxton. She's uh, got a wonderful library going there to, to, to feed into to the students, the college students there wow. at the University of Arizona. And we've helped educate her and train her, and now she's at library school. Wow. And uh, and she's really on fire. So you've heard of church planning, but how many of you heard of library planning? <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Well, when we come back, I'd like to get a testimonial from a local library worm who hangs out in the library. I guess he's a bookworm, right? Not really a library worm. And we're going to hear what he has to say about Phoenix Seminary's library. 
In his brand new book, Searching the Scriptures, Pastor Chuck Swindoll shows you how to take your study of God's Word to the next level, and we've arranged for you to get a free chapter right now. Go online, faithtalk1360.com, to read Chuck's recipe for getting the most out of your Bible study, faithtalk1360.com. Again, that's a free chapter at faithtalk1360.com. Good afternoon. I am Tom Brown. This is Koinonia, and your host today is Vocab Malone. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Koinonia Radio. I am filling in for Tom Brown on Koinonia Radio. My name is Vocab, Vocab Malone to you. And uh, I was once a student at Phoenix Seminary because I love learning about God's Word. And I bet you're listening to the show because you might feel the same way. And when I was there, I hung out in the library a lot, and I made friends with the librarians. And today I'm interviewing a librarian. He's the rock star of librarians, if you can believe it. If there's such a thing after the show's over, I'm going to ask him to autograph my late copy of a book I borrowed from Phoenix Seminary. Just kidding. But I think it might be an interesting thing, Brother Bill, my engineer. Jeremy, you're distracting him. He's got to do some radio stuff, man. I'm talking to the engineer. The engineers are messing with each other right now. One of them should definitely be fired for this. If you could call... The Phoenix Seminary Library. I gave you the phone number. We're going to find out who's on duty. Now, guys, let me ask questions. I'll let you talk to them in a second. We're going to call up the Phoenix Seminary Library right now, and there's a couple books I want to ask them to see how deep the collection goes. I want to find out what they have there, what they don't have. So give me some volume on that phone call, and let's see if they pick up. Might be on lunch break. Could be Jim. Could be Mitch. Let's find out. Good afternoon, Phoenix Seminary Library. Hey, I've got a library card there, and there's just a couple of titles I want to see if you have. Could I check check them out real quick if I could run these by you? Just, just, catalog. just okay, three different. For? The first one is the, the title is Get Rich or Lie Trying by T.D. Jakes. Do you have that book, Get Rich or Lie Trying? Have you ever heard of that book? No, never have. Okay, let me try one more. This is by Joel Osteen, and it's called Your Best Teeth Now. Joel Osteen, Your Best Teeth Now. You have, is that a book you have at the Phoenix Center Library? No. <sighs> okay, just, just one more. This one is by Wayne Grudem. I'm pretty sure you probably have this one. It's called by Wayne Grudem, and let's see if the Phoenix Center Library has it. It's called... Five Things Wrong with Lists. Wayne Grudem, Five Things Wrong with Lists. Five Things Wrong with Lists? Yeah. Five Things Wrong with Lists. I don't even know that as a book title. That sounds more like an article they would have written on the web or for some magazine or something. You've been pranked. This is Vocabulone calling on Koinonia Radio. Those titles don't exist, Mitch. We're just just pulling your leg, man. I'm on the air with Doug Over. How you doing? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Doug, did he do okay? Did Mitch do okay? Was that good customer service, even though he's being pranked? Hey, Mitch, you get an A+. Plus. <laughs> you get an A-plus today. You were not uh, angry or anything because you... I knew you would know those were not books, you know. And Get rich mm-hmm. or lie trying, T.D. Jinks. Your best teeth now, Joel Osteen. Wayne Grudem, yeah. five things wrong with lists. That, sound, that sounded strange to me. I, it, I kind of wondered if something was 
up or somebody had written a spoof on it. But no, uh, but but uh, real quick, uh, when we got you on the air, Doug did want to tell people we've been interviewing him about the Phoenix Seminary Library. We've talked a lot about the collections and different things, but there's one thing we haven't talked about, and I figure you might be a great guy to do it real quick. I'm gonna let you go back to work. Don't worry, don't worry. No more jokes. What would you want to say about sort of the the kind of service? offered there because Doug talks about just the way that the library staff is with people and what you aim for that personal touch can you say say something briefly about that that people will find from the Phoenix Seminary Library uh, we try to lower people's frustration levels sometimes there are things which are uh, difficult on mm-hmm. a learning curve that uh, they're trying to grasp or uh, Maybe there's something just very difficult or obscure that they're trying to get, and we do our best to try to make certain that they don't go home empty-handed. Mm-hmm. And if they do, you want to let them know that know why. And you guys have free chocolates and candies right there at the front desk, right? That is true. Although I, what's the limit? Like to say don't make that public because. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's going to be rushing the doors just to get a little teeny Kit Kat. Hey, mm-hmm. but uh, one other thing, could you explain people briefly about the intercooperative with the other theological libraries in Arizona? Explain that, and then we'll let you off the hot seat after that. How does that work? Uh, a number of years ago, the former library director at Grand Canyon University and uh, Doug Olbert, our director, uh, uh, talked about having some cooperation amongst uh, local theological libraries and um, contacted uh, a few locally, and they decided to get together and to form this uh, library cooperative. It's called TLCA, the Theological Library Cooperative of Arizona. And uh, for the students of those institutions, or should I rather say that uh, of most institutions, there's mm-hmm. one institution which is not exactly an educational institution. Uh, there are reciprocal lending agreements. Nice. And uh, so somebody from Arizona Christian University can come here and with the proper identification and just uh, a non invasive card and uh, scan and current registration or a student ID card. Yeah. Can uh, fill out a patron contract and check out up to five resources and Students from our institution can go there and do the same thing. Nice, nice. Uh, now, just so everyone knows, if you go in and you talk to Mitch, the way he knows the Library of Congress codes and what's where is pretty amazing. And I think he even knows exactly where every book goes and if it's been moved out of its place. So watch out for that. But if you want a bibliography on almost any topic, off the top of his head, doesn't even need to jump on a keyboard. Mitch will say, oh, have you checked out this book by this author written in this? It's pretty amazing. So if all if there was an, uh, you know, an EMP bomb that hit Phoenix Center Library, Mitch, you could do half the work yourself. <laughs> I appreciate that, although uh, I, I question the veracity of that uh, assessment. <laughs> all right. Doug, do you want to say anything to Mitch before we let him go and uh, get back to his, his beautiful job? Yeah, Um when I tell people about Mitch, I say, you know, he has one of the best bibliographic minds of anybody in the country. I kind of refer to him as a bibliography warehouse, you know, and just his mind. And so uh, he does, he's our acquisitions librarian. He purchases items for us. And uh, he's the reference librarian, too. So, you know, I steer students directly to him when, he, when they have a question mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on some different 
you know, area of theology that I'm not real familiar with, Mitch can, uh, can help him out. So I'm really thankful for Mitch. He's been with me since 1999, and he's done a really great service to the community. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, do you want any? Do you want me to see if you have any more titles, Mitch? You have any? <laughs> That's up to you. <laughs> uh, there's a, a new heavy metal commentary on the Bible. If you got that, it's a Christian heavy metal commentary. So any passage that, for example, focuses on like the word rock or something like that, you know, they go in depth into the Greek and the Hebrew. Have you got that yet, that new study no, Bible? No, we don't oh, no. have okay. it if it exists. Okay, okay, just checking. All right, thank you very much, Mitch. Everyone, give it up for Mitch. You've been great, great sport. And, uh, Hello, Mitch. <laughs> have fun. I'll see you later, bro. Okay, have so, a good day. got another guest in the studio, Jeff Cran, and you're a student of <gasps> Talbot, not Phoenix Seminary, but you've made good use of the resources. Tell people about what they can expect when they go to Phoenix Seminary Library and what your experience as an outsider. I'm just teasing. Is But tell us a little bit about it, and you know Mitch personally because you spent some time there, Jeff. I sure have. I really appreciated it. I think one of the things that's been real helpful to me is as a missionary, I have to spend a lot of time sometimes on praying uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, so I sometimes need a little longer to be able to hold on to a book Mm -hmm. because I might be on a trip and I need to access it when I have the time. And and these guys have been great about allowing me to have that that book for and then retake it out and kind of hold on to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's allowed me to to use it when I'm traveling. So you're a missionary to whom and what kind of books do you specifically look for when you go there because uh, of that? I've been looking for a lot of books related to my dissertation. Mm-hmm. Vocab's actually part of the same cohort. Yeah, at Talbot. And uh, it's been great because the topic's a little esoteric, but I'll go to Mitch and he'll say, well, have you checked this book out? And I haven't even thought about it. And he'll bring up a title that didn't cross my path. So you're with Chosen People Ministries. Yep. So especially sharing the Messiah to uh, especially Jewish and brothers and sisters, right? Mm-hmm. And also writing about, in your dissertation, the Hebrew Roots Movement. Yes. So trying to figure out the relationship between the law, Old New Testaments, and all that. And Phoenix Seminary has been very helpful. In Absolutely, that. tremendously helpful. Awesome. And uh, they've even turned me on to some electronic resources so I can let my uh, computer board do the walking. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. So, Doug, uh, anything to say about Mitch there or what Jeff had to say? <laughs> um, you know, he does a really great job in, in helping students, you know, find the right. links that they need, um, or patrons, whoever comes in. You know, we have a lot of different avenues to find resources these days. Um, I, I don't want to forget uh, Jim Sandiford, another one of my team That's right. mates. That's and right. uh, you would have got him on the phone. He, yeah, he would have probably got a little frustrated <laughs> with your those three questions. Mitch stood his ground there, you know, and did really good. But, but Jim's our technical services librarian, and he really has a key role there because uh, anytime the faculty want to find an article, Mm-hmm. Um, he, with that, with the World Share system, he is able to track down a, uh, an article very quickly, a PDF article, no matter where it is, or a book, no matter where it is. Right now, we're looking at a lot of French resources uh, with uh, key um, uh, Greek text in it from the early church fathers. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, if, if Mitch can't find it in a bookstore around the world, Jim will find it through another library, through the interlibrary loan system. So um, these guys are key to uh, supporting our faculty, um, our patrons, our students, um, 
whatever they're doing. Right now, we've got a couple of faculty that are writing books, mm-hmm. and we're intensely involved in searching for those materials that are on the level of church history or early church fathers. And uh, I could never find those, you know, without those guys. So how does a person get a library card, Brother Doug, at Phoenix Seminary Library? Well, it's easy. Come in and see us. You'll fill out a contract, uh, pay your $35, and uh, you'll have full access. Uh, If you're a pastor or a missionary, you have free access. It's not a problem. They can call 602-850-8070. That's correct. 602-850-8070. 8070, and please don't prank the librarians just because we did. And you guys are at 42nd Street in Thomas, right? That is correct. 4222 mm-hmm. East Thomas Road. All right, so today on Koinonia Radio, I've been talking to Doug Obert. He's one of the three librarians over there at Phoenix Seminary Library. We've talked about the other two. And the goal of today's show is to show you new resources to help you if you're here in the Valley of the Sun and show you just how friendly they are and give you some ideas. Open up a world of possibilities. One more segment. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Coinity Radio. This is Vocab Alone. I've been talking to a librarian today, a beautiful brother by the name of Doug Obert. He's at Phoenix Seminary Library, and I hope that this show has blessed you. And I'm going to end the show in kind of a unique way. I'm going to play a clip from Star Wars, Attack of the Clones, where Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi is speaking to the Jedi archivist, and I want you to hear this exchange. I hate to say it, but it looks like the system you're searching for doesn't exist. Impossible. Perhaps the archives are incomplete. If an item does not appear in our records, it does not exist. Is that the kind of thing you guys would ever say at Phoenix Seminary Library dug over it? No, no. <laughs> we would hunt for it worldwide. <laughs> From the ends of the galaxies, we would find it. <laughs> so now you know why the Old Republic fell, because of librarian Jedi archivist Joe Costanew. But that is not what we have to fear when we're dealing with the Phoenix Seminary librarians. But in all seriousness, you talked about theological support at the Theological Library. What is uh, something special and unique and different that you like to try to offer patrons? You know, uh, it's my role to manage the operations and advance the library in every possible way to keep up with research resources and technology. But beyond that, my focus is not just research in the library. We look for the things that, are, that lie in the background as well so that we can, can see a student and, 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 and see if he has a, a need or she has a need that is not showing up in just the research. So we try to be encouragers. We try to be comforters, and we try to find the opportunity to pray for our students and support all our students in their spiritual journey. That's a beautiful thing. Yes. And I've heard that if someone's car breaks down in the parking lot, if it's a jump, you've also been known to even help them with a jump. Mr. Mechanic, too. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, thank you, Doug Obert, so much for joining us today in Quinity Radio. Any final shout-outs with your 20 seconds remaining? Thanks for inviting us oh, yeah. and uh, Mitch included to be a part of this uh, radio uh, broadcast and letting people know that we exist. And shout-out to Brother Jim. I got much love for you, brother. You're a great face to see. Any final words, Brother Jeff? 
what else can be said? <laughs> uh, the Jewish guy ends the broadcast with a question. How stereotypical. <laughs> See you guys next time.